It's TechBiter Worldwide with Bill Flynn. The latest on programs and policies, helpful hints, and a bit of occasional nonsense. All in more or less plain English. Podcast number 854 for the 20th of October, 2023. This week, Copilot is the most significant new feature in the Windows 11 Fall Update, version 23H2. If your computer hasn't yet been upgraded to 23H2, you can force the update or obtain some of the new features even without updating. In short circuits, Opera is a good browser that I've recommended several times in the past 25 years, and I still do recommend it, but only if you perform a fully manual installation to avoid some nasty features. It's hard to keep up with improvements in artificial intelligence imagery. I took a look at images from Adobe Firefly, Canva, and Microsoft's Copilot, which uses DAL-E3. There is one standout winner. And 20 years ago, only on the website, some of the security fixes Microsoft patched in 2003 seem quite simple by today's standards. Others are similar to issues that are fixed today, differing only in affected components. Copilot is a big part of Windows version 23H2. But you may have the latest version of Copilot even if your computer hasn't yet been updated to 23H2. The process is underway, and when you get it depends on whether you're in any of the early release channels. You'll have it sometime before the end of the year, and probably quite a bit sooner. If you have Copilot, you'll see its icon near the left edge of the taskbar. The letters P-R-E, as in preview, are on the icon as a reminder that it is a preview. And a beta by any other name, such as preview, is still a beta. There are issues that concern me about applications such as Copilot, but this is the way things have been going for a long time. Remember Windows Bob on Windows 3.1, Windows 95, and Windows NT? Remember Windows ME? As horrid as the Millennium Edition was, it did have some forward-looking features. And remember Clippy? People want computers to simply work, to do what the user wants them to do. Learning obscure and convoluted commands may delight Linux users, those who want to delve into the Unix underpinnings of the Mac OS, and Windows users who are enthralled by PowerShell's command line. But that's the stuff that gets in the way for just about everybody else. Look at the old Star Trek series and the motion pictures that came from it. These highly advanced space explorers talked to their computers, and the computers talked to them, in plain English. So when I hear people object to having computers that interact with people by speaking to them, I often think back to Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, which was released in 1986. That motion picture had one of the most amusing sequences of all times. Bones and Scotty were on Earth in the distant past, around 1984. They were trying to get some information from a scientist. Bones suggested that Scotty could use the scientist's computer, and he tried talking to it. Perhaps a professor could use your computer. Please. Computer? Computer? That didn't work, and Bones suggested the mouse. Ah, 
So Scotty tried talking to the mouse. Hello, computer. Just use the keyboard. The keyboard. How quaint. Be sure to check out the TechBiter Worldwide website where you can watch that little segment of the movie. A mouse and a keyboard. How quaint indeed. But for artificial intelligence to reach its full potential, we need to find other ways to communicate with computers. That's going to require excellent speech recognition. Speech recognition, absolutely essential. And until recently, I felt that Android had the best speech recognition. Microsoft was maybe in second place. And Apple's capabilities, at least on my iPad, were a far distant third. Apple dropped in commas where they didn't belong, ran sentences together, and almost always lowercase the first letter of whatever I dictated. Then iPad OS 17 came along, and Apple's speech recognition on my iPad is better than Android's speech recognition on a Pixel 6 phone, and better than Microsoft's speech recognition on my primary computer or the Surface tablet. Instead of being a distant dead last, Apple is now the clear frontrunner. Android and Windows seem to be about equal to me, with Android being slightly ahead of Microsoft. All of this is going to change in the next few months. Speech recognition is well on the way to becoming a useful tool, and the next step will involve services such as Copilot. To see how well Copilot answers questions, I asked it to tell me about Copilot. Here's what I got. Copilot is a group of AI-powered tools that assist with coding, writing, searching, and other tasks. Developed by GitHub, OpenAI, and Microsoft, GitHub Copilot writes computer code by drawing context from existing code to suggest how to code functions. Microsoft 365 Copilot uses large language models combined with an organization's data to create documents using Microsoft 365 apps such as Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, and Teams. Microsoft Sales Copilot connects to CRM systems such as Salesforce to generate leads and manage relationships with customers. Not bad. That's a pretty good description. My edited version is less than half the length of the answer provided by Copilot, but the information Copilot provided was more than sufficient to create a short summary. Even if your computer hasn't yet been updated to version 23H2, you may have access to some of the new features, and here are some of them you might see. You can install the video editor ClipChamp from the Microsoft Store, or it may already be on your computer. It's a progressive web app, or PWA, that will run on any platform. It focuses on making short videos quickly and uses AI to suggest clip sequencing. Make sure you have the latest updates for Microsoft 365 if you want to enable AI functions in Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and all of the other components. Tone Suggestion, for example, reviews your words with the goal of avoiding not only errors, but accidental insults. Paint, Photos, and the Snipping tool have all been improved and may already be on your computer. The general rollout will begin sometime before the end of the year, but most of the new features will be enabled in the October 2023 optional non-security preview release for all editions of Windows 11, version 22H2. So anyone in any of the advanced release channels should already have these features. And if you're not in one of the early release channels, watch for them soon. 
For more information about the release preview channel, see Microsoft's blog. There's a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In Short Circuits, Opera is a browser that's been on most of my computers since the mid-1990s. It is currently based on Chrome and has some useful features, but it's important to carefully manage the installation process to avoid unpleasant surprises. The browser was developed originally for Windows 95 using a proprietary rendering engine. Starting with Opera 7 in 2003, the browser used the Presto rendering engine, and that continued through version 12. The Presto layout engine was dropped in 2013, and Opera migrated to WebKit as implemented by Google's Chrome browser. The current version runs on Windows, Mac OS, and Linux computers, as well as Android and Apple mobile devices. It offers built-in messaging for WhatsApp, Telegram, Facebook Messenger, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and VK. Opera also has good security and privacy features and crypto wallet support. What Opera doesn't have is a large user base. Chrome has about 66% of the market, followed by Safari with a bit under 12% market share, Microsoft Edge at 11%, and Firefox at a little less than 6%. Opera has about a 3% market share. It is a good browser, and I can recommend it, but only if you install it carefully. The default installation will install an icon on the taskbar, start Opera with Windows, and make Opera the default browser. That is obnoxious, to say the least. So if you'd like to give Opera a try, and again, I say it is a good browser to have, either as an extra tool or perhaps eventually even as your primary browser, start by downloading the installation file. You'll find a link to it on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Watch for the word Options on the installer and select It. On the Options screen, change the install path to C colon backslash users, your username, whatever it is, backslash opera. Then deselect make opera the default browser and deselect run when my computer starts, unless you really want the browser to start with Windows. You may want to have the installation process copy bookmarks and data from your default browser, but that can be done after opera is installed. I also recommend leaving on the option to send feature usage information to Opera. And be sure to check those settings again if you ever manually download and install an update. Automatic updates should honor the settings. During the installation process, you will see one more warning about how Opera collects and uses your data. If you follow that link, I recommend turning off all four options. 
Even if you do that, though, it's a good idea to double-check after starting the browser for the first time and then typing opera colon slash slash settings forward slash privacy forward slash consent flow. You'll see that on the TechBiter Worldwide website. You can copy and paste. Makes it a little easier. Then toggle all of those options off. Opera recently changed one annoying setting. Because Windows 11 severely restricts the number of items that can be placed on the taskbar, I limit the applications there to only the ones that I use most frequently. Until October, every Opera update placed an icon on the desktop and an icon on the taskbar. I had to delete them both every time. Now the installation process at least asks for permission. Opera also installs the Opera Browser Assistant, starts it automatically with Windows, and sets up a scheduled task to run the browser updater automatically. The updater makes sure that new versions of the browser are installed in a timely manner, and the Assistant provides support services to improve Opera's performance. Both of these, though, can be disabled or removed if you don't want them to run. So go ahead, give Opera a try. Just be careful with the installation. There's no shortage of sources for images created by artificial intelligence. From artistic and design styles to photographic styles, they're all improving and almost too fast to keep up with. I included an image last week in an article about Adobe's Generative Fill and Generative Expand. You'll see it again this week. The background is an AI image. I asked for an image that would look like a photograph of an operating room. Then I added some Gaussian blur, and it served very well as the background for the image. With the advent of Windows Copilot, which can also return images generated by Doll E3, the prompt, create an image of a cat sitting on a fence, gave me a highly realistic black and white image of a cat sitting on a white picket fence. Dolly 3 has been developed by OpenAI, and it delivers images with surprisingly accurate faces. If you've seen images created by Dolly 2 be prepared to be wowed with the new version. When I asked Adobe's Firefly to create an image of a cat sitting on a fence, the result was good, but not quite up, I thought, to Dolly 3's standards. It's getting better, but Firefly still has some problems with hands and feet, and sometimes with eyes and teeth, and also with paws if you're dealing with a cat. I thought the image looked less like a photograph, more like a highly detailed illustration by a graphic artist. And Australia's Canva is a worthy challenger, too. Canva can be used free to create banners, graphics, memes, logos, publications, and even videos. But more features are available for those who enroll in the $120 a year pro option. I asked Canva to create an image of a cat sitting on a fence with a yellow moon in the background. And the result has many of the characteristics of a photograph. There is one obvious problem with the image, though. The moon is obviously in front of the clouds. That immediately reveals the image as an AI fake. 
The three other images that Canvas suggested had no problems with the placement of the moon, and despite the problem with the placement of the moon in the one I show on the TechBiter Worldwide website, the other detail in the image is remarkably good, and it'd be easy enough to modify the moon after downloading the image to fix its placement. So as of today, I'd give Copilot's Dolly 3 top marks, followed closely by Canva and then by Firefly. But change is happening so fast, it's impossible to predict how much better the images will be next week. Or maybe even tomorrow. There are no AI images in 20 years ago on the TechBiter Worldwide website. This week, we look back to security issues Microsoft was dealing with in 2003. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn. There's more on the website, techbiter.com, and if you have a question or a comment, use the contact link you'll find there. Stop by again next week for another session. <music>